0: Before we get into this episode of the Grisden Pod, I wanted to direct you to grizzden.com where we just launched a brand new collection based on Jean Morant's dunk in the Spurs game the other night. It's the Air Jaw collection. You gotta go to Grisden.com and check it out. It might remind you of an iconic logo. Um, it is just incredible. We've got hoodies, shirts. Hats, polos, anything you'd want. So check out Grisden.com and enjoy the episode. Walk that tree. Welcome to another edition of the Grizz Podcast. It has been a minute since we've been with you and too long. Welcome, Ty. Thank you. Hey, Brantley. <clears throat> Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> if, you know, you <laughs> if you know, you know. Sorry, if you know, you know. Oh, man. Okay, We. it's been a while since we've all been in the same room to talk about the Grizzlies. And it's great to be back because right now the Grizzlies are, I would say, doing very well. To put yes. it lightly, um, we are recording this on March we 9th. Only be doing one spot better. Yes, exactly. They are the second seed <laughs> in the West, the Grizzlies are, uh, as of right now, recording. This is, uh, like I said, March 9th. This could change, uh, you know, the time that you're listening to this. Also, it's the second be best
1: record in the entire NBA. Well. Yeah,
0: so the which Grizzlies are doing wild. well. They're 45-22, and 22, which is good for second in the West in the league. They're eight games back right now uh, from the first seed in Phoenix, and they're half game up on Golden State. Just to give you some reference on uh, how the Grizzlies are doing in terms of just offense and defense, they're fifth in offense right now, eighth in defense, sixth in net rating, um, which is pretty darn good. And a lot of that has to do with John Morant a lot of other things uh, and we're going to talk about Ja, of course, but we're also going to talk about the rest of this season and what we're basically in the fourth quarter, I would say of this regular season. There's a lot of things to consider as we move into uh, playoff time, which is, you know, what seed do we want? Who could we play? What players will play a factor in our playoff rotation? Uh, how we feel about opponents how we feel about our own team uh, and some other implications so I guess where should we start I know we were talking pre-pod about uh, the the pick situation with the Lakers and I think that might be a good place to start um, because that could have a lot of implications for not only the rest of this season in regards to The Lakers season, the Pelicans, and us, but and it's kind of the the remaining
2: big storyline that's not specific to just like play and playoffs.
0: Absolutely, for the Grizzlies specifically. Yeah, so I think it makes sense to sort of talk through it um, and give everybody a heads up. So if you aren't following the Grizzlies religiously in terms of all of the you know pick situation, salary cap, all that jazz, basically what happened last season. When the Grizzlies acquired Steven Adams in the Jonas Valanciunas trade, the uh, Pelicans sent along a protected pick, and essentially it was the Lakers pick, but there was a protection on it, which was a top 10 protection. What that means is if the pick falls anywhere in the top 10, the Pelicans keep that pick. However... If it's outside of the top 10, so 11 to 30, then the Grizzlies get the pick. And why that is important is because before the season started, the Lakers were not supposed to be this bad. However, they right now are the 11th worst team in the league in terms of record. So uh, the top, the sorry, the bottom 14 teams are in the lottery. And if the Lakers end up not making the playoffs, which means they're probably going to be in the play-in tournament, and they have to make it out of that play-in tournament for either the 7th or the 8th seed. And if they don't make it out of that, they're in the, the lottery, which means there's a chance that pick could, could fall in the top 10 and the Grizzlies would completely miss out on it. Yeah.
1: is The, the play-in doesn't count towards draft lottery odds, though. It's regular season record, correct? Well,
0: if the uh, like wherever you
1: finish after the regular season ends,
0: I the way the I understand it is you if have. you make the playoffs, then you now are not in the so lottery. you trade
1: spot like if if they're the nine seed and they beat the eight seed, technically they would like trade spots in the draft lottery. That's
0: the way I understand okay. it. I could be wrong on that. But asking, I haven't actually I don't considered that.
1: That's a great question. It's just an interesting thing that because regular season, you would finish one way, but then because the play in, you technically finish a different way. And like, what does the draft lottery take into account?
0: Well, uh, welcome to the Grizzly podcast where we have all the answers. Uh, (laughs) But essentially,
2: if they fall into the lottery, meaning like they don't make the lake, if the Lakers (laughs) lose in the play in round, they're going to make the play in. Essentially, I mean, it'd there's be, it'd be really tough for them to not make the plan. I don't think. Yeah, I, I'd be shocked. So let's say they lose in their play-in game and they're done and not in the in the playoffs. Then the lottery decides our fate for this pick. Essentially, yes. If they make the playoffs, right. then we're going to get a first another first-round pick and another one.
0: So here's right. the yes. Here's the weird part about all of this too. We are not used to cheering for the Lakers. <laughs> But we need to cheer for the Lakers because we it's need the them to win as much as possible. And they're trying to lose uh, by playing Russell Westbrook. And so we need to cheer Ooh. for them to maybe bench Russell Westbrook or play him as little amount as possible. And the other hard part about this whole thing is they have the their first and strength of schedule remaining. They have the hardest schedule in the NBA moving forward. Another so.
2: thing we were talking about pre-pod, so like if it does happen to fall top 10... And the Pelicans get it, then we don't have another like Lakers pick owed to us. The Pelicans
0: all of a sudden are holding a top ten pick. That's right. Quick note here: if the pick falls in the top ten, the Pelicans will be sending the Grizzlies, Cleveland's 2022 second, as well as their own second from 2025. So we'll still get something, but the Pelicans do keep that top ten pick. So. Um, Two of them. Something to be that's monitoring. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Pelicans, it's going to be interesting, too, because they're surging now. Obviously, the Grizzlies took them to school last night. But they're winning games that they're not expected to win, at least recently. And so that could be a very interesting factor moving forward. Um, but... Let's, let's now move into the Grizzlies conversation. We actually hadn't spoken since the trade deadline. I had an interview with Matt Hurdlick about uh, what the Grizzlies should or shouldn't do. We were both sort of on the same page in this podcast. We, the three of us talked about how, you know, why would you want to mess with a core that's doing, you know, that's performing so well this season so far and shake that up in terms of a trade. And thankfully the Grizzlies listened to the podcast, I would say, because they didn't do anything. Um, and there were some, there were still some major trades, obviously James Harden, um, DeMontis Sabonis, and Tyrese Halliburton, Chris Haps Porzingis, a lot of big names moving around. The Grizzlies stayed Pat um, and they're betting on themselves. What did y'all think about the trade deadline uh, and not doing anything? What was your reaction there?
1: I think, not only did we not do anything, but Phoenix and Golden State also didn't do anything, which I thought was kind of just as interesting. Um especially if you look at Golden State. They have Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, basically most of their first round picks moving forward. Like they definitely could have like went all in for right now and didn't. Which basically all that points to is like maybe it's a little bit more wide open than it would than it could have been. Um, Phoenix probably I mean they're obviously the best In the league by like eight games So they're probably not going to make a move anyway Um, But yeah I like what we did It wasn't we didn't make like a rash decision To like let's try to win now Necessarily or try to increase our odds For winning this year But we also didn't like Take on money To kind of get like a smaller asset either Right so it seems like we're kind of in the middle Ground of Technically, yeah, we're still rebuilding, but not to the point where it, like, handicaps us moving forward, right? Like, we're not willing to handicap our future for, like, maybe a potential asset like we would have been the last few years. But we're also not in a position to go try to overpay for someone who may give us, you know, a better chance this year, maybe next year either. So it seems like we're very comfortable where we are currently.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only move that I was expecting them to make would be to move on from Jarrett Culver um, and get whatever asset they could. And obviously there was nothing out there. I feel like this front office tries to squeeze everything out of every uh, asset they have, and there was nothing out there for Culver, um, which is why we probably stood pat with them. And I don't expect him to play uh, in the postseason at all. Uh, He's probably just going to roll off our books. So that'll be interesting. I did look up the answer, by the way, to the play-in tournament question, and it is what we were saying. If you make, if you're a ten seed, but you make, you win both the games, you're out of the draft lottery. Um, similarly, if you're the seventh seed and you lose two games, you're in the draft lottery. Um. So yeah, uh, yeah. As far as you know, moving forward to after the trade deadline, we had All Star weekend. Ja Morant played a big part in that. Less, I mean, technically, Desmond Bain had the most minutes <laughs> in an All-Star <laughs> Weekend event, or events, I should say. Uh, what would y'all think about just, like, the whole All-Star Weekend as a whole in terms of Jaw's participation and what it meant for the Grizzlies?
2: It was cool that he was there. He seemed to me just sort of checked out a little bit, which I it was. I didn't really think there was a way to be in the middle, <clears throat> um, even though he still had some awesome highlights, um, which I, you know, that's not the primary thing that we were worried about this season, but it was cool that he was there.
0: y'all have some, any angst about him not being in the uh, closing lineup? No, and honestly, like,
1: if you were to give me the option of whether he was, like, really into it the whole time, like, all this kind of stuff, or just, like, not interested, I'd probably rather pick the not interested version. Cause it's just so cool. <laughs> Cause he's like, I know I, I, I know I belong. I'm just as good as anyone else. I'm cool. I'm going to chill. I'm getting ready for the second half of the season or second third of the season or whatever.
2: Yeah. Josh ja just goes against the grain all the time, man. All the time. It's and so I'm great. like, so here for it. Me too.
0: <laughs> he uh seemed like if you were watching him on Instagram, he was probably focused on getting to Miami. I don't know if y'all ever saw his Instagram hey lives during that weekend. He looked like he was having a lot and of fun. And he was like cheering on Bane during Casamigos. like Bane's thing. Oh, yeah. I, I don't understand how they haven't secured a job ja, Casamigos. Joss Amigos. I mean, there it is. Clean You're clean welcome. Joss they, is not struggling in the sales department. <laughs> That's very true. Okay, let's um, open up the floor then because, I mean, there's a lot of implications now for the rest of the season. Expectations, I, I would say, are sky high uh, for the Grizzlies. Let's start here. Let's start big picture. Can the Grizzlies win the NBA Finals this year?
1: I'll say it. I'll say it first. Tubbs, you're struggling over there. He's been holding his breath. Like can it. they? Or yes, this year. Yes, this they, year. Yes, they can. I'm gonna say no. They can't.
0: Really? Okay, let's you argue. Explain. Go no. Well, well I
1: guess okay, both of like, you What are explain. the odds y'all would give them to win the title?
2: No, 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 no. I'm not talking odds. We didn't. That wasn't the question. The question was, can they?
1: I think a lot of things, if if that were to happen, a lot, a lot of things would have to break right. I think Chris Paul would essentially have to be, like, done for the season. And
2: the likelihood of that happening is not crazy.
1: Maybe it's not. Non-zero chance. Um, I think Draymond. The Suns are
2: actually crushing the heat right now without Chris Paul. I, see, Sorry, I saw that. So. I
1: think Draymond would have to be done. He
2: basically, I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Will, I, think, I, um, I don't I don't necessarily agree I don't, with that. Yeah.
1: I think I'm, I'm just walking through the West. I You're think walking I have,
2: through your scenario. That's yes, right, I think tied. Murray you for
1: Denver would have to come back and just not – he would have to look like Clay looks now, where like every fifth game is good, but like can't. he just hadn't played in a long time, can't consistently do it. Same thing with Michael Porter. Um, I think Luka and Denver, I think their like shots have to like just not fall because they're going to get a lot of open looks. I mean, I guess you could kind of piece it together. I'm just trying to think of like getting to the finals. And I think we would have to play really well, and I think we would have to hit a lot of shots, which if you watched the game last night, we hit everything, which was awesome. But that's not been the trend lately. We may get to our... I saw a little nugget Will had of our true shooting percentage. Not ideal. Not that was, ideal. That's a good segue. I just don't think we are ready yet with the weapons that we need around Jaw, as we speak to get there. I don't think we have the personnel to win the finals right now. I think Ja is that good and I think he gives us a chance to get there. I just don't know if we have everything else yet.
2: So your question was get to the finals not win it, right? I thought you said win. I it.
0: said win. I, I might have said get and win both in separate okay. times, but win is what I Okay. So asking. I don't I wouldn't I
2: think that there's a legit chance we not legit chance. I think that there's a path for us to get to the finals and that's because of like what i think about the west right now. Uh i think the west is more open than the east. I don't think that i would answer if we were in the east, i don't think i would answer the same way for a path to the finals that i am would say about us in the west right now. I think that we have right now we have the, one of the best players in the western conference. No, like it's Jokic and Ja and Steph in the West top in whatever your order who you want to be but again they're going I'm to talking about playing their way. great to me leading their teams Luca Luca's doing really great So you're you're right I mean but but it's Y'all's not like eye, there's no super point. team Right There's it's not like there's we're. Right now, because everything else is about like, oh well, if AD and LeBron is healthy, or if Chris Paul and you know, there's that. That's why the path to me is a little bit more open for the Grizzlies to get to the finals. I'm not trying to be like over optimistic fan fan fanboy Brantley here, but I think it like that's a it's not even an expectation necessarily, but I think the path is there. I don't even know if we could ever say that about a Grizzlies team
0: ever. Right, and that's okay. The reason why we can because of the season that we're in, which is if Phoenix is the number one seed in the NBA then I think it's one of the weaker years we've ever seen. In in terms of there's no clear super team. Phoenix is awesome. We would have very long odds if we were in a series with Phoenix. However, they're not invincible. Uh, I think that it is very matchup dependent. I think that's why getting the 2 seed is so important because all of a sudden you're uh just the difference between a 2 and a 3. If you get a 3, you're going to play Dallas or Denver. Mm.
1: Tough. Tough. Both Brilliant. of what
0: Dallas especially the Grizzlies have struggled with this year. Denver terrifies them. Denver has is like a sleeping giant because they have the MVP on their team in my opinion. They have Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, as Ty alluded to, who are going to potentially be coming back in time for the playoffs. And it's not an easy place to play on the road at all. Uh, So, if you get the two seed, you're looking at Minnesota, you're looking at potentially the Clippers. Very, very vulnerable teams that you could take advantage of. I think here's the reason why we have very we would not be in a great position yet to let's say be a favorite to get to the conference finals or even potentially win the finals because playoff basketball slows down. We right now lead the NBA in fast break points. We profit off of teams making mistakes, which typically the teams that make the most amount of mistakes and turnovers are the bad teams, which is great. The Grizzlies historically have not taken care of business against teams they should have. They keep it close. This Grizzlies team, apart from some exceptions with like Houston and uh, a couple of other random, Portland was another one, uh, we take care of bad teams. However, as Ty also referenced, we're right now, even though we're sixth in net rating, we're 25th in true shooting percentage. A lot of that has to do with our free throw percentage. Mm. In the playoffs, free throws are incredibly important. We're 28th free throw percentage right now, and we're taking the third most in the league per game. Mm. We also have the highest amount of field goals attempted per game. That's not going to be an advantage anymore in the playoffs, because it's going to slow down. It's going to be half-court basketball. They're going to laser focus on John Morant. He's going to make the right calls. He's going to kick it out. But can Desmond Bain, can Zyre Williams, can DeAnthony Melton, all of our wing players, can Dylan Brooks hit threes can they hit open threes And if they can't which right now we're 24th in three point percentage and we're 24th in three point attempts If they can't I think we could be in some trouble now the last thing I'll say is we have John Morant and he could very well be the best player in a series for the first two rounds and that's an NBA a lot of times an ultimate trump card so It's going to be very dicey and I cannot wait to see.
2: And I I just, the whole thing with jaw too. this, like teams are hunting in on him every game and he's, he's still finding ways to put up 50. So like I, I, I hear you on, on the slowing down piece. I do think that that's a valid concern. How we adjust to that. That pace is going to be interesting. Can we get teams to try to play our game at times to speed things up? Um, I think that's, you know, part of just like coaching strategy. I Ja's going to find a way to get his points and I you're setting up some future topics, I think, um for us to really dive into later in terms of like who we can depend on to be role players and support. Ja, um because I do th- I, th- to me that's the biggest thing that will have impact on what this front office does in the next 2 years. This this playoff season. 100%
0: Hundred percent.
1: I like that. That's a great thought. Um, It's there. We've talked about this so much um, with the Grizzlies of you have to look at how we do things and how we approach our team building from a thirty thousand foot view, not like right at it. And a lot of teams see our success and see what we do in the playoffs as an immediate, you know, win or lose type situation with how it ends if we lose in the first round the majority of like people would be like oh that's a that's a bad season from memphis and i would disagree i mean yeah it would be obviously in the moment but at the same time like we are seeing what works and we're seeing what fits and that like we're still like building and
0: building and building we're at the beginning of our window
1: yes and our window could last a decade it could last three years i don't know but as long as Jaws on our team our windows open and I truly think Jaw is only going to get better. Um, one thing I wanted to mention about playoff ball is, yes, it slows down. Um, but I feel like defense is pretty important in the playoffs, too. And we're eighth in defensive rating. I think, Will, you might have mentioned this earlier. It's in our notes. I didn't just remember that, obviously. We're fifth in offensive rating, eighth in defensive rating, which kind of shows me, like, hey, we might be able to like win multiple ways which in the playoffs can be extremely important. If you are a one-dimensional team, you're going to struggle because coaches are smart and players are good, and they're going to take advantage of your weakness and just drill
0: you on it constantly. Look at the Knicks last season. They had Julius Randle. That's a great example. But
1: my big thing is look at Rudy Gobert. People would argue the greatest defender in the league, maybe one of the best defenders in the last decade. Every year in the playoffs, he gets picked apart because he has an incredible glaring weakness, and they just kill him for it every year. And they haven't made it past the second round since he's been there. So my point is, if we can shift and mold of how we do things, and I think Jaw allows us to do that, I want all you listeners out there, next time it's a tight game, watch what we do when in the fourth quarter. We slow it down. We give Jaw the ball. We run a hot pick and roll and let him just go to work. It's the same thing Dallas does with Luka. Yes, throughout the whole game, we're not doing that. But when the game slows down, when the game gets tight, we give Jaw the ball. We slow it down. It turns into a half-court game, and we just let him make a play. And nine times out of ten, it worked, whether we make the shot or not, He it, it works out. The play ends up as a good play. So I'm encouraged by the non-fast break stuff like you mentioned. Yes, we are really athletic. We're young. We get out and run, which is awesome. But I think we have one of the best defenders in the league in Jaron who can protect the paint, defend. We can do a lot of different ways. If we're playing Jokic, we got Steven Adams to bang down low. If a team tries to go small, we can play Tripp at the 5, BC at the 4, opens things up tremendously. I think Dylan on the perimeter can hang with most creators in the league, which is going to be awesome to get back. I just think we can do it a lot of different ways, and I think that's important in the playoffs too.
2: Okay, so do y'all think – that based on our remaining schedule, that we end up number
0: two. We have to very much take advantage of the first half of the rest of our schedule. We have fifteen games left. Should I just should I should I go through them? Yeah, yeah. Should yeah. I read them off. That was what we would call a tee up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to bore. I don't want to bore the listeners. But <laughs> well, I you don't have to go through. I all thought of them. that I picked up the tee uh, and was gonna hit it. Uh, <laughs> next next game. Then we're at Thunder, at Pacers, at Hawks, at Rockets. That should be five and zero. TBH. Although we
2: didn't take care of business against the Rockets Four recently. Four
0: on the road, revenge game at Houston. All right, then it gets interesting. Home against the Nets. Home against the Pacers, trap game. Trap uh, game. Then, I mean, Bucks yeah. and Warriors at Spurs home for Suns, at Jazz, at Nuggets, home for Pelicans, home for Celtics. Ooh, Sheesh. That's a stretch. And, um, I mean, right now, the thing says we're 24th ranked strength of schedule. Let's give it five games and then recheck it because I think the last, like, 10 or so will be up in the top 10, I have to imagine. Um, with other teams like the Warriors, the Jazz, the Nuggets, and the Celtics, who are all going to be jockeying for playoff position. So, I mean, I think there's a fine chance. I don't think the Warriors, without Draymond, are necessarily going to be like heavily favored every night. I think probably against two-thirds of the league, they might be be favored. But, I mean, I don't see them as like a juggernaut that we're having to really try and pass. I think, if anything, we're in the driver's Listen seat. Listen to the
2: Warriors' schedule real quickly just for comparison. Nugs, Bucks, Wiz, Celtics, Spurs, Magic, Heat, Hawks, Wiz, Us, Suns, Jazz, Kings, Lakers, Spurs, Pels. That seems a lot
0: easier it than seems ours. seems a lot easier. It seems like there's a few key, key games in there that they can zero in on, and then the rest they're going to be able to...
2: They get the whiz twice and the Magic, and yeah. the Spurt.
0: Yeah, that, I don't
2: Pelicans plus too. the Kings and the Pel's.
0: Yeah, I mean it's going to be super interesting, and I think they're they're. I mean, people aren't stupid; they realize the two seed is going to be exceedingly more valuable than the three this year. But so. the Warriors
2: are saying they don't care. I mean, that's what Steph is saying.
0: That's true. I hope they don't care. I hope they mean it. That would make it a lot easier for us. Okay, can we? You mentioned Dylan. I think that is a really important thing to talk about because, obviously, there are times in this stretch of games that we just played in the last two, three weeks. There, there are games where we wished we had Dylan Brooks to just throw in there. He's going to bring the energy no matter the night on the defensive end, uh, especially in some of these games when the teams have just like been on fire, uh, like last night. Obviously, it wasn't an issue because we were just beating the brakes off the Pelicans, which felt so good. But C.J. McCollum went off. Notorious Grizz killer. Still and, waiting on those rankings. <laughs> I knew it was going to come come up. Uh, but Dylan would have been a great person to just throw in and just like be like, all right, try to slow him down a little bit. However, the question mark is on the offensive end because he has, an, ever since he's been on the team, he's been in the top two. In field goal attempts per game. What do we make of the Dylan Brooks return? How do we feel like it's going to integrate? Are we worried? Have they given
2: us a timetable?
0: He should. They mentioned on the broadcast last night that next week is the estimated time for him to come back. (sighs) So I have a thought. Um, Thought number one is
1: our best perimeter defender without him on the floor who's getting the number one assignments recently, is Zaire Williams. Who love the potential of the guy, but not necessarily your perimeter lockdown defender. So, I think just by adding Dylan to just guard the other team's best perimeter player is going to be massive. Another thought I have is substitutions. So, usually the first subs of the game, Bain and Jaron both go out. And then Jaw stays in for a longer period of time, Steven Adams stays in for a longer period of time. I think that may turn into Dylan and Jaron. I think Dylan's gonna start when he comes back. We can talk about that in a second if y'all disagree. I think what could move the move that could happen is Dylan and Jaron go out. And then when Jaw goes to the bench, Dylan and Jaron are the two guys that come back in that kind of like run your second ish unit offense. I think that allows Dylan to kind of create a little bit, get his shots up a little bit, play with Jaron a little bit. That allows Bane to stay in, feed off of Ja. I just think that's an interesting thing to think about because that has been the substitutions for a very long time is Bane and Tripp both go out, first subs out of the game. I think that could be an interesting little wrinkle if that turns into Dylan and Tripp, and then they come back in together with a second unit heavy
0: lineup and that
1: lets Dylan kind of do his
0: thing offensively. Y'all may disagree one hundred percent. I don't know. I don't disagree at all. I think it's a great idea. Uh, I'd be interested to see if they would continue to if they if they truly flip Bain and Dylan in that substitution, or if Bain happens to also go to the bench and they bring in more uh, like Melton or somebody for him. But I, I would hope not. Uh, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. I am worried. I mean, frankly, I think that we've kind of gotten into a rhythm. I, however, previewing our later segment, trust Dylan a lot in the playoffs until he proves me otherwise. Offensively? I trust him to realize where he needs to commit his energy in the playoffs. And I am hoping that that will translate to the correct uh, pecking order on the offensive end. Um, he seems to be in full support of everything going on with the team right now, but it's a question mark for yeah. sure. I don't know. I mean, we saw this last
2: year, and they're, they're obviously different players, but we saw it last year with Tripp and him coming back towards the end of the playoffs. Uh, I mean, it just, it just didn't look, like it was just moving correctly. And I think that's just like one of the things that's just been well documented about this team is it's chemistry on and off the court. And I think that on the court chemistry piece is going to be, there's just no way that whether it's 13 games, I think we, I think we would be doing chemistry and injustice injustice if we said that Dylan's just going to step right back in and be himself and fit in with the team. Not that I'm saying that that's what y'all are saying, but that's where my reluctance is. And based on who Dylan is, there's no way that I just can assume that he's just going to snap back into this role that he was. Maybe he, maybe he will in the playoffs and be like, "Look, dude, your role is just to be locked down and get easy buckets." Great if, the, if like I. I will have to really change my tune on his attitude if that's what they do. But at the same time, we can't just let him come in and and get a shot back and cook. We have to win these games. And he has been well-documented in his ability to be Dylan and and shoot us out of some games. And, like, he's going to be taking shots away from even our our – I mean, like, what I would imagine on that second unit scenario – He's taking shots away from guys like Tyus, Bain at times. Zaire, who's had decent, um, he's had he's picked his spots okay for sure. And that's just the concern is that his he his aggressiveness would take away some of from some of our efficiency in the second unit. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm almost I was almost hoping that they just would just let him ride it out.
0: The f- interesting part of this now, this season, as opposed to last year, is last year we were frustrated still at Dylan, especially in the regular season, because of his efficiency, or lack thereof. However, there weren't necessarily the guys on the team who we were saying, you know, these guys need to get their shots, because Bain hadn't developed fully yet. Jonas and Ja were the only two on the team that really had a high usage in terms of field goals attempted. Jaron was hurt a bunch. Uh, He was a question mark. So, I mean, Dylan kind of filled that role. This year, with the emergence of Bain, the development of Zaire Williams, Jaron stepping into a major role. Um, Steven Adams, I mean, he's going to be your ultimate cleanup guy, does not need the ball, doesn't want to shoot. Um but I mean he's still in the offense, he's still gonna clean up. And then Jaw taking this leap in terms of scoring. It there is a I mean, there's not enough oxygen there for no. everybody to breathe as much as Dylan was taking up that oxygen. So
2: And this is not gonna happen, but if you told me he gets Melton's minutes in the playoffs, I would pick Brooks over Melton. Hundred percent. Easy.
1: Yeah, I think it's a tricky thing because if I were to ask y'all, think back last year in the Utah series, who was our top two players in that series? You would say John Dillon, right? Like, Dillon was there for it. He couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. But to Branley's point, which kind of makes me a little nervous, is whose spot is he taking right now in the lineup? Right. He's taking Zaire's spot in the starting lineup. Zaire, is very, he is the epitome of staying within himself. It's amazing. He takes corner threes, hits a lot of them, runs the floor crazy well, and doesn't do anything stupid ever. He just is a smart, role-playing basketball player. And you see the value in that with a guy playing off job. Like, just do the little things well, and you're going to succeed.
0: It's a trade-off. And to
1: Brantley's point, like, d- can Dylan do that? Mm-mm. I don't know. I would bet a, my pinky fingernail that he can't because he's just never shown it. He is Dylan. He will always be Dylan. And sometimes that's awesome. Sometimes it's not. But I, I think to assume that he's going to come in and do something different than what he's always done is just not plausible. And think back to last year. Like we were clamoring for Triple
2: J to be in the starting lineup. And it it took a little bit,
0: right? Or did they just immediately insert? They immediately
1: him? did it, but his minutes was restricted.
0: Yeah, they but were, he was in the starting lineup in the playoffs. But trip, um, he
1: didn't look. He had flashes of moments where he looked fine, but there were some where he's like, "Yeah, this guy has not played in a year." I'm just am right.
0: misremembering for some reason. I thought they didn't put him right back in the starting.
2: I, I think it would be a grave mistake to immediately insert
0: Dylan back into the starting lineup. I period. think they'll work him back in, but I think that you'll see probably by the Nets game that he is fully in. The I think the lineup. first game he's available, I think he starts. You think yep. even with the minutes? I dude, do. I think I, I think Zaire it'll be like immediately moves
1: back to the second unit, and I think Dylan starts. Well, his minutes may be restricted, but yeah. I think he starts.
0: Should we talk about our trust rankings? Because I feel like this is our a playoff trust natural. Rankings. Yeah. yeah, 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 natural uh correlation to the conversation we're having right now because it's about playoffs. Alright. Let's start. Should we go one by one? Or should we
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Alright, number one, do we all agree, Ja Morant? I was gonna say conch, but I mean I guess <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. John Morant, number one.
2: Oh, we're doing orders this way. I did mine a little different, but you keep going. Oh, you did tears. Okay, yeah. Tears are fun.
0: Tears are fun. Introduce your tears.
2: Big tear guy. I did definitely trust. This is in the role that they're asked to play, potentially in the playoffs. Oh, I love that. That's important. Definitely trust. Ja, Adams, Bane, Tyus, Kyle. Explain their roles. Ja, uh, MVP, Adams, Bone Crusher. Tyus spot minutes for Ja hit a couple big shots when needed. Kyle defender hit some shots, be a playmaker off of the lineup if needed. Bain to hit shots. He showed it his will to be able to do it in the playoffs last year, and he wasn't great, but I think he'll really show it this year. I agree, hundred percent. Next tier is the emoji emoji with like the side smile. Like Ugh. I don't really know. <laughs> uh dylan because i like want to trust him for what he did this is me giving him like just is uncomfortable i just don't know and i think his role could be miscast in bc because like what are jekyll and hyde i don't know i kind of want to trust him based on what he's done this year to give some spot minutes and run the court there's a big name that hasn't been mentioned Um, yet uh, yeah i know The next category is prove it, and I have three players in this category, and that's Tripp, Zaire, and Conch. Look, (laughs) okay, they're not all the same. Their roles are different. Tripp has got to prove he can be a potential number two, number three in the playoffs. I I think we have to have some serious window-type discussions about Tripp if he can't, at a minimum, be our third scorer in these playoffs, he's going to be our defensive anchor, hopefully, and not get in foul trouble. But we need, I'm not even talking about hitting outside shots, but he's got to be our third scorer at a minimum. And if he's not, it's, man, it's, it's just going to be a really tough conversation.
0: He's coming off of a, uh, Game last night where he was plus forty seven plus minus second most in Grizzlies history, but I mean that is we irre- need a irrelevant scoring, to this discussion. Though. We need him. No, to I score. know exactly. He had twenty two. Looked great. Um, Ty, did you do tears? I know you thought a lot about this. And Melton was in my nope category. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then everybody else after that. That's irrelevant.
1: Right. I I did not do tears. I like the way Brantley preface it as in like you know specific roles for each player because that's incredibly important right you don't expect a guy to be something he's not um i mean i think trip you're right man trip is the if he comes out and is just like nuts i think we could like make a serious run like if he shoots thirty five percent from three, taking people off the dribble, like be able to play the small ball five and just like really take advantage of those lineups. I think, yeah, I think that could be like huge.
2: He's our Draymond.
1: It's it's he's crazy different important, roles, but. different role, yeah, yeah, but crazy important for what we're doing. I will say this, regardless of like actual performance it's this kind of lines up with the Dylan thing too. Like regardless of how like tech, like quote unquote, well they play. I know that they are also like here for it though. Like I've never seen Jaron like afraid of the moment. Like he may miss a shot, but he's taking it like 10 times out of 10. If it's kicked out to him, that dude is letting it fly. Unafraid. Right? Yeah. But we're past that with him. Maybe so. Maybe so. But Dylan's same way. Dylan is going to face guard Steph until his face falls off. Like, he is there for every moment. There are, some <laughs> there are some players that are not there for the moment. Like who? So far, from the data that we've been able to accumulate, Melton has just not been there for the moment.
0: We are out on DeAnthony Melton in this
1: podcast. I think Bain has for also been there for the Moment. 100%. Kind of to my point, wrapping it up, going to be this. I hope Jenkins is there for the moment.
2: Ooh, sick.
1: What does that mean? I think he's there. What I mean by he's that there. is. <laughs> for sure. Get your eight guys and play them. Ah, he, he, you got to think he's going to. Find your eight guys. Mm. Play the eight guys you chose. All right, so who are you leaving out? And roll with it. Who, who Who's not in the eight? I think it's matchup dependent. I don't think every series it would be the same, and I think that's a great place to be. That's true. I think BC can be awesome in certain lineups. I think he could be really poor in others. I think that's a guy that matchup dependent could work really well. He's your utility. I think Kyle may be similar, but I think Kyle's going to play. I think Tyus is going to play his 8 to 10 minutes regardless. Zaire, I mean, I don't know. It's a huge question mark for playoff basketball. I yeah, think can he come in play. and give you 8 to 10 minutes? I'm, I think he will too, is I my think, point being yeah. about Jenkins. Conchar, similar situation. Probably not. Melton is going to get his 8 to 12 as well. No, he's not. I think so. I, I think so.
2: Doesn't.
1: I think Jenkins has You just to, listed
2: all 12 of our
1: players. <laughs> <laughs> my point That's being, true. I think Jenkins is going to play all of them. I think he's going to basically stick with a nine-to-ten-man rotation. And I think there's going to be six, seven, eight minutes here to Zaire regardless of situation, Contrar, regardless of situation. I think it's going to happen. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope that he takes this playoff run extremely For the record, you're saying it
2: shouldn't be that way? Correct.
1: Yeah. I think he should find his eight, stick to his eight, play his eight. And I'm not saying that's the same eight every series. But I think he should find his guys, matchup-dependent, know what works well, plays off that, rolls with it, and that's that's just his guys. I don't know if he's going to do that, but I think to kind of what we've talked about before, the value of seeing this roster, seeing guys in certain playoff situations, Will, you've been like king of this since last year. Would we have known, would we feel the same about Melton today without that playoff series? Maybe not. But we do feel that way now because we saw it. Same with Dylan. Same with Bane. Bain hit that shot and George Niang's face held the pose. Sickest photo of all time.
0: Ever. Yeah, yeah. But that
1: had to happen, right? Like, we had to be in the situation where that happened.
0: Totally. Uh, I just looked back at the Jazz Series. There were 10 players that played in all but one of the games. However. The one the, we won the no and that one so the the average was about ten to twelve minutes combined of the ninth and tenth men in terms of minutes so ten like, minutes it was like swing a game in and and six I'm the just saying, however this is a huge deal when the jazz were up I guess it was two to one that fourth game he played nine and the ninth man played four minutes so he shortened it to an eight for that specific game. And that was the one, if you remember, that it was, like, down to the wire. Great game. And they just hit a couple shots and we missed a couple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I would say that, like, I am comfortable it not being by series but being per game eight players. (laughs) Because I would hope that, like, I mean, there's been coaches – like, Ty Lue did this right against – the jazz last year where he made some adjustments and that's what won them the series totally and he would shorten his rotation and had lineup shifts to figure it out that's what i want to see from jenkins is maybe you try it and it works a couple of games cool but then eventually you've got to shrink it and shorten shorten
0: it here's the thing for me so i'll get through sort of how, and how your i rankings. about the rankings yeah Because I should have probably done your system, Brantley, because it makes a whole lot of sense. My rankings would be differently if I did the tiers because there are a couple guys that I ranked lower, but I definitely trust them. The problem is I ranked it in terms of either if you're at the very top, it's like rock solid trust. You're just like 100% in your role, like no questions asked at all. And as I got further down, I'm like, what? is your stealing in terms of like how you can impact the game. There are only two guys that I'm like a hundred percent, no matter what they're in their role and it's jaw and it's Steven Adams. Like those are literally the two players that I'm like, I don't see you changing anything about your game. You know exactly what it is. Um, the next one is Desmond Bain. I'm just like, he's going to play. He's going to be awesome. If he's not shooting well, he's going to find other ways to impact the game. And even if he's not shooting well, everybody would say, take the next one. Like, we're not scared of him taking any shots. He's third for me. Fourth is Dylan, because I know he's going to be ready. And I think that defensively, it's going to be so important to have him in the game. And I'm going to now err on the side of trusting him until he breaks that for the playoffs. That's a little, maybe a little that's controversial. So, that's so sweet of you. Fifth is Jaron. <laughs> Fifth is Jaron. It's
1: it's wild that Tripp is this far down the line.
0: Because here. of his defense, I think that he does have a prove-it mindset. Like, he would be in the prove-it tier for me easily. I think that, however, he has shown to me this season, he is in the defensive player of the year conversation if you look at advanced stats. He's phenomenal in defense. It's amazing when he is out of the game how much of a hole there is. Like, we cannot stop anyone unless he's in the game. And especially with Dylan being hurt. Like, you're getting no perimeter defense, and when people are getting by John Bain, there's no one at the rim. And Adams is, like, average as a rim protector, but he's not Jaron Jackson. So I have Jaron fifth. Kyle and Tyus, to me, are just, honestly, I mean, Kyle and Tyus are in their own tier in this, but then BC after that, and then I have Tillman and Conchar in, just like, you're going to throw Tillman, in.
1: who hadn't played in two months. I
0: still, though, I mean, like, again, with a guy who performed well in the playoffs, I'm like, except for the very last game. Um, and, and then Melton is below them. And Zaire, too. I'm, I love Zaire. I'm, like, optimistic about his future. However, I am very much looking forward to him getting his reps in the playoffs, if he gets them. But if he doesn't play, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm really not. I just don't think he's going to have the... uh, I think he's going to be a little bit deer in the headlights, and I hope I'm wrong. That's my prediction, though. Which is fine. You're a rookie in the playoffs, and you're a two seed. Like, of course. Yeah. So, um, but I agree. I think one thing that's going to be really interesting that we haven't touched on yet is the role that Adams might play in the matchup-dependent hundred percent scenarios. Because, I mean, could it be that Jaron starts at the five ever in the playoffs? You don't think? You if don't think play, there's a matchup where Jaron starts at the five? If we played the T-Wolves, he wouldn't start against Cat at the five, would he? Jaron? Yeah. I mean, I would guess that we would probably roll with our normal starting lineup, which is fine. I don't, I'm just asking the question. I think it's, I mean, is there going to be a scenario where Adams is our guy that's like, how much can you play him? Especially with free throws. It's a good thought. I don't know about the free throw thing. I don't know. I'm not. I don't have answers. I have questions.
1: I just. I'll say this. Like we're kind of back to what I was saying earlier. Regardless of whether they perform, I feel like we got a lot of like, we got a lot of dogs. We got a lot of dudes who aren't afraid, and I just never forget when Jaw hit that like floater against Golden State to basically like seal the play in win. He, like, looked at Dylan and was like, I'm a mother-effing dog. Like, that's the greatest <laughs> it's thing It's in, of like, all every time. Grizzlies promo, too. It's no, so it's great. Amazing. As it should be. But we have, like, a lot of, like, that's been talked about this Grizzlies team all year long, about how Bane basically, like, looked at LeBron and was like, I'm not afraid of those footsteps. Like, we have guys on our team that just simply aren't afraid. And I think being in this position as, like, a two-seed, as maybe not like quote-unquote necessarily a favorite, but like the higher seed, I like can't wait to see the mentality and just like the way we take the floor. Because I think it's going to be like a commanding, like no, 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 like like we are the team. Like we're not like the play-in, we fought hard and we made it, and now we're the eight seed. No, like we're the two seed now. We have Ja, who's top five in MVP candidacy, top ten player in the entire NBA. Like, we're we're ready. Like, let's go. And I think we're going to, like, feed off all of that. And I hope that, like, our entire team, I mean, as of this year, like, we've all taken on that personality. Jenkins even takes on that personality. And I think, I hope in the playoffs this year, like, we everything just flips. And now we're like, no, like, we are like, like, you got to come, come beat us. Like, we're the team. And I'm I just can't wait to see how like all of that like shifts our perspective. Cause our perspective has changed a ton from last year. And I hope we like like accept that and take that into the playoffs, regardless of who we play. Like I hope we look across at Jokic and I hope Jaws like, nah, dude, like I'm the best player on this floor. And I honestly think like he's gonna think that way. I think like if we play Golden State I think, like, I hope Jaron, like, looks at Draymond and be like, dude, I got three inches on you. Let's go to the paint right now. Like, I just want to see that. And I think, like, they've proven enough to – I believe that that's how they think. And I think that's crazy important for, like, playoff games is, like, your perspective and how
0: you view yourself. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Thanks, Ty. Let's go. <laughs> All right, should we go rapid fire now? We're in this uh – uh the yeah. last few minutes of the pod. Let's talk about... Um, thanks for hanging in there. Yeah, thanks, guys. Let's talk about the awards season. Let's go through some odds. jaw has been talked about a lot. Wait, we, we're
1: skipping Chandler Parsons segment?
0: <laughs> That's if we... JK. Uh, That's really, called a close. <laughs> if we really have time at the end, there's a little Chandler Parsons uh, segment that we have ready to go uh, in the tank if we need it. Awards odds right now, Embiid favored. He's got minus odds depending on the sports book you uh, responsibly gamble with. Jokic is second. Um, they're basically neck and neck. And then after that, you have Giannis, Giannis, Ja, and DeRozan. What are the odds that John Morant can sneak into that conversation in this last 15 games? Do y'all see it happening?
2: I don't think so. Me neither. No. Okay. I think he will
0: be in top five voting, which I think is incredible. And counts. That matters. Right now, Ja is like, I mean, a runaway for the most improved, which he is not happy about, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's funny. Miles Bridges is second in that, which I thought was pretty I think I placed interesting. a bet on Ja for most improved player. Continue. Like an actual bet?
1: Yeah. I think I'll how about it? it? I remember a little Ben Simmons talk from Tubbs oh, over here. We hey that's that that that's coming up. <laughs> don't 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 bring that shit up. If you
0: were if you were with us at the beginning of the season, we did a very fun portfolio of NBA futures. I think I had him be for MVP. That we're gonna go through in just a few minutes, Ty, and you might you might very well be correct.
2: <laughs> yeah, listen, I put I put John Morant I put ten bucks on John Morant to be most improved player oh, back nice. in October eleventh. Um. Plus three, three thousand. Ooh, love it! Let's go. Share
0: this. Rolling in the deep. I'm about to get. I'm about to get some DraftKings money. Man, you're gonna cash out all at once or keep it rolling? It won't let me cash it out. I I placed a little future on uh, Grizzlies Heat Finals.
1: Oh, what was that? It
0: was like sixty-four to one. That's
1: Claude McRoberts. Oh yeah. Shout out twelve. If you listen, I I, And coach. Wait for that.
0: Coach of the year. Um, Monty Williams is minus 300 <coughs> J.B. Bickerstaff Didn't Monty win it in in last second. year though? Mm-hmm. No Who, didn't? Who won it last year? Um, This is a great trivia question Does it, Was it Quinn Snyder? Bud or Budenholzer. Budenholzer? Butter, Quinn One of the two I don't yeah. remember Okay That's a great But it was not Monty Williams It was not okay. Monty Okay He was in the running Makeup call He'll probably get it this Taylor year Taylor Jenkins was third So I mean we oh, Bain, by the way, is eighty to one for MIP. Unfortunately, mm. he's you know, but it's fun. We have Grizzlies and major I made a award trip conversations. MIP bet, and that's not you did great. Yeah, um, let's look at let's look at these bets. By the way, let's see. So what oh, our I did beginning of the season bets. These are beginning of the season bets, which we had. I believe it was a thousand dollars to spread around to ten, ten different bets. Um. And so I'm going to go through our bets very quickly. And I've kind of basically uh, classified it by what are very likely could happen or not going to happen. So we'll start with Brantley. First bet of the day in that podcast was Ben Simmons for most improved.
1: (laughs) I love
0: it. I'm going to go ahead and say that might not happen. Zero. Uh, Grizz season, though, you took the over. That's straight up Already, it. basically. Bang hit. in that. Suggs rookie of the year. Not going to happen. Yeah. Not good. You had three different bets that involved the Lakers in the finals. That's also not good. <laughs> I did not put a complete scratch off on those, but they're no, not looking likely. Golden State over. Um, they're trending in that direction. Miami over. I believe they are close, if not already hit that. Minnesota under. Brantley, you and I both had this. They've gone over. Hmm. And then Giannis MVP, that's not a bad bet. So that's in the neutral category. Um, right now, let's just say all of your likely bets were to hit, you'd win $983. You risked 1000 So you'd basically be even there. Um, but if your Giannis bet hits, you're way over. So we'll see. You got to be cheering for Giannis, I guess. Ty, you're and looking really good, and real nice. Should have so put a few cents on this. You have a Brooklyn Golden State Finals, which not I mean, looking great. Could happen. No, Phoenix to win the division, that is looking very likely. You and a I lot. both had this. Um, Charlotte to make the playoffs, it's an iffy bet. There, we'll see. New York Knicks to miss the playoffs, that's looking favorite pretty bet likely. I made right
1: there. Loved
0: it. Jalen Green, rookie of the year. You you and I both had this. Yeah, that's like not happened. looking great. Raptors to make the playoffs. They're the seventh seed right now. Love so, it. uh Patty Mills, sixth man of the year. Terrible bet. Joel Embiid, MVP. This is great. one that's insanely interesting. Um, so good on Utah. Grizz to make playoffs. That's locked in. And then Jaron Jackson Jr., most improved. Probably not going to happen. Mm. All right. Mine was ugly. <laughs> I have both the Atlantic and Pacific divisions to win the finals. So if Brooklyn, Sixers, Suns, or Warriors win the finals, I win one of those two. Feeling okay. It's neutral. Phoenix <laughs> to win the division. Uh, I got that one, and then the rest are just. I Denver over forty-seven and a half. That could still happen. Clippers to miss the playoffs could very well still happen. The rest are just ugly. Minnesota under. They've already gone over. Jalen Green rookie of the year. Nope. KD MVP. Steve Nash coach of the year. <clears throat> James Harden MVP, my favorite bet of the of the night. Uh, not going to happen there. So, so basically,
2: it's Ty for the most part, and then you and me are are fighting each other for dead last. We're fighting
0: for for We're either second fight. or last, uh, depending on you know whatever 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 happens. But Ty is firmly in the lead there. So take your betting advice from Ty Smith, uh, Doctor Smith. Should have listened. All right. Where do we want to end to real
1: life betting?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I wanted to mention just a few records that we've already broken this season. Uh the most wins in the season for the Grizzlies is 56. Right now we're on pace for 54 according to 538. However, if we only lose 3 games out of the 15 remaining, we will break the record. So, you know, this will be, I would say, probably in the top two or three teams ever in terms of record for the Grizzlies with a chance to break that record. So we need 57 wins. Uh, not likely, but possible. Okay, most points in a, uh, in a game by the team. They set that record this season against OKC, 152. Most game points in a game by a player, Jaw, of course, 52 the other night against the Spurs, which is glorious. Highest plus minus ever for the grizzlies and in the NBA <laughs> Santi Aldama uh plus 52 Jaren just literally set the second um, most uh last night plus 47 most fast break points in the game last night 42 highest three point field goal percentage in Grizzlies franchise history is best in Bane right now.
1: Which is wild, because I feel like he's been, like, cold the last, like, He's month. been cold, but... But he hasn't, clearly.
0: He clearly has is. laid a solid foundation so that he can have some cold streaks. I guess so. 42.1%. Highest field goal percentage in franchise history right now, Brandon Clark. 58.8. Not bad. Highest points per game. Franchise history. Jaws currently at 21.1. Uh, and then, finally, offensive rating. I had to include this Just one. had to. John Conchar has the highest average offensive rating in franchise history at 129.2. Play that man. Mm. That's my message to Coach Jenkins. I'll say this
1: about BC. We haven't really talked about him much. We kind of, maybe a negative light, matchup-dependent playoff stuff. He's been great. He has stayed within his lane, back to rookie BC Floater, just king. Can't miss the little little two, like. He's great at the bummy floater. step floater. Yeah, it's so great. He, like, dribble, dribble, then just jumps as high as he possibly can and just floats it in. It's been great. Yes. Um, he hasn't taken, like, a jumper. I don't remember the last. He took one, like, a few nights ago, and I was like, oh, I think he airballed it. Get just back just kinda, in the paint. He just knows his thing, and it's
0: been awesome to see, and he's succeeding in his role. Really proud of him. It really has been great to watch. And I think he's perfect for this team, I will say. He is lower on my trust rankings. He would have been higher. I'm high on BC, obviously. Obviously. Listeners know. Listeners know. However, he is the ideal transition player. Like, if you're looking for a big who can run up and down, he is your guy. He will keep plays alive. Offensive rebounds. He will tip in. He'll clean it up. He'll do all the little things. However half court offense i'm worried a little bit so we'll see how that goes i have hope um okay any other final thoughts before i end the podcast here with a little um promo that we have on our website let's do it all right guys i can't stress it enough you need to go to GrizzDen.com and check out the new collection. I can feel the stress. I cannot stress, it stress enough. stress is strong. I feel like we need to lead with this. Can you just edit this and move it to the very top? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have an intro. You've already heard it if you're listening to this podcast. Okay, I'm going to intro this pod because shout out Mary Evelyn, who uh, took Brantley's concept, brought it to life. It is Air Jaw collection we've got hats we've got shirts we've got hoodies we've got polos with the logo that is about to sweep the city request a mug and we'll do it because i want one and the nation you will see what i'm talking about if you go to grizzden.com you are not going to want to miss this Um, it is an incredible collection of merchandise features a silhouette of John Morant dunking on Yaka Purtle. If you know, you know. So go to grizzden.com, shop all the merch, wear it to the games, tell your friends about it, tell your family about it, tell strangers, (laughs) because this is great. Um, All right, anything else that we missed? Where do we finish? Regular season, go. Like in terms of seating or record? seating. We are going to be the two seed in the Western Conference, and we're going to play the Minnesota Timberwolves in the playoffs, and we're going to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves four games to one. Okay, and then what? And then we're going to play the Golden State Warriors in the second round, and it's going to go seven. Okay. And I'm not going to tell you who's going to win.
1: Well, that's lame. Tune into the next podcast. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Gut reaction, 15-ish games left. What do you think?
2: I, before I read out the Warriors' schedule, I would have said we were the second seed. But I don't know. For some reason, I just have a feeling that we're going to be like half game back and end up in the third mm. seed. And have a really difficult first-round matchup against
1: the Nugs or the um, Mavs. Mavs. How far do you think we make it? Playoffs. From just today. Like, what do you think today? Uh, I
2: think – I really think we'll make it out of the first round. But I would be really nervous about that if we f- have a first round matchup against the Mavs.
1: Hmm. What team scares you all the most in the first round? Brantley, probably Mavs.
2: Yeah. yeah, Mavs would be really tough.
1: Realistically, obviously, like Phoenix, of course, but like realistically,
0: the Dallas Mavericks scare me the most. Scare you the most? Okay, yes. The Nuggets, we played well against them. Mavericks, we have not. For that reason, I like it. Uh, Ty, what about you?
1: I think we finished two seed. Um, I think we play the Clippers because I think they're going to win the seven eight. And I think we beat the Clippers in six. And I think we do a knockdown drag out series um against Golden State. And I'm kinda like you. I don't know. I think it's gonna go seven and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Here's I think home
0: court's important. Here's what I'm gonna say. Continue building your savings for finals tickets. That's right. That's all totally. I'm gonna say.
1: I do think we can beat Golden State though in a playoff series. I, do I really too.
0: do. They are vulnerable. They're very vulnerable I believe Alright We've rambled a little bit At the end of this podcast But it has been a blast We are so happy to be Back again And We are just gearing up We're resting right now For the playoffs We're taking it easy Uh And We're gonna gear up For the playoffs Cause We are expecting Uh We're expecting a lot of games In Panda the NBA playoffs. And Um yeah, tickets are already hard to get right now into the, the regular season. I can't imagine the playoffs. So playoffs will be so sick. It's going to be nuts. Go to GrizzDen.com. Thanks for hanging with us. For Ty, Brantley, and Will, buy our tees. Tune in next time.